are listening to Young Life Interrupted, a podcast dedicated to 20 to 40-something caregivers. I'm your host, Adrian Glussman, change maker and professional speaker on the topic of millennial caregiving and a former caregiver to my mom who battled multiple system atrophy. I'm a former corporate gal turned entrepreneur with a passion for filling a huge need I saw during my 10-year care journey that finding your tribe and connecting with them regularly is essential, and that resources exist for caregivers, but not tailored specifically to young ones. I help young caregivers find community and connection to support them through every step of their care journey. Now, I'm ready to share stories, insights, and tips with you here week after week. Caregiving at our age is your unfair advantage. So if you're looking for support, you're in the right place. Let's kickstart today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Young Life Interrupted. My amazing guest today is Stephanie Muscat, a registered clinical social worker and psychotherapist. She is also the founder and CEO of Compassion in Caregiving, an all-encompassing mental health community for caregivers, supporting those looking for support and caring for others while trying to navigate boundaries, self-care, personal identity, and stress. Think of it as your number one resource when it comes to support for your mental health. Stephanie knows firsthand the complexities of falling into caregiving at a young age. In 2009, she became the primary caregiver for her mom, who was later diagnosed with early onset FTD and was caring for her grandmother with Alzheimer's. Stephanie, it's so great to have you here. I know we've been trying to connect for so long. We were just talking right before we hit record on this episode about how I feel like you were one of the first people I found in this space and vice versa. So I'm so happy that I can finally have you on my podcast to not only share your story about falling into caregiving at a young age, but also talk to all the, all the young caregivers um, that are listening to the podcast about how being a caregiver at a young age led you to your career path, which in turn led you to where you are today with compassion and caregiving. So before we kick things off, I would just love for you to share a little bit about your story about falling into caregiving at a young age. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here. Honestly, I never typically get nervous when I do these things, but I think I, I look up to you so much because you were one of the first people I met here that I'm like (laughs) feeling a little bit nervous. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. So, um, in 2009, I was in university and undergrad and, um, I, we were in another city And I started noticing really big changes in my mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, She would always call me when I was away or send me emails, but suddenly the emails became very terse and rude. And she would call me constantly where I maybe hear from her once a day. Usually I would hear from her eight times a day and something just was really off. So I went home and um, tried to figure out what was going on. I reached out to a bunch of social workers. I thought maybe she had a mental health concern at the time because I was doing my degree um, in in mental health. And 
no one could really figure out what's going on. And unfortunately, my dad was in a lot of denial at the time, and he would not really accept the fact that anything was shifting and changing in her. So I was doing this on my own. I'm an only child. Mm -hmm. And I decided, okay, we need you to see a neurologist. So I got a referral to a neurologist. Long story short, after a very long time, she was diagnosed with early onset frontotemporal dementia. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for those first few years, when we were trying to figure out what was happening, I was going back and forth from school to try and care for her. I no longer could be that person that I was in my twenties. I was now her caregiver and I, you know, couldn't focus on anything. I was a disaster. I wasn't seeing people anymore. I was just focused on her and that completely shifted my entire life. And while I was going through that and figuring that out with her, my grandmother started displaying facets of Alzheimer's. She was much older in her nineties. And so that wasn't really a surprise to me, right. but then she declined and ended up in the hospital. And so I was then navigating her care and my mom's care and somehow surviving. I don't really know how. So that's how I started (laughs) being a caregiver. Um, and then it, you know, it was a few really, really, really rough years. And, uh, that really opened my eyes to a world that I'd never seen before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I think that's why we connected so early on. I mean, being an only child, I mean, even when you're not an only child, because I hear so many stories about people with siblings who don't help out. Um, it's so much that you had to take on and to your point, like your parents were married, but with your dad in denial, like you really had to step up to the plate and somebody had to step in and start figuring out what was going on and the care that you needed to put in place for your mom. So I'm curious, did being a young caregiver and your mom's condition and everything that you went through, I know you said you were in university at the time that you had to start caring for her. But did that lead you to the career path that you were on or did that come before? Did that fuel you, fuel you to want to pursue psychotherapy and clinical social work? So it's, it's a good question and it's kind of an interesting situation. So I always loved mental health. I originally went to university wanting to be a veterinarian. Uh Um, I've wanted to be a veterinarian since I was two years old. And then when I realized that I didn't like organic chemistry and (laughs) physics, I kind of threw that out the window and I've always loved helping other people. I was always that person people would call when it had to do with their mental health. Mm -hmm. And, um, I loved mental health and I was also doing a degree in psychology and neuroscience. So Mm -hmm. to me, it was a perfect fit and I was already doing research in it. But then when I got my master's degree in social work, realizing that absolutely this is what I was going to do, Mm -hmm. I was put in a placement at a hospital and the floor I was on was a general medicine floor Mm -hmm. with people who primarily had dementia. And I was terrified because I thought that going there was going to bring up all of these things for me about my mom, because my mom was still very much there and I was going home and seeing her, you know, every so often I was, I was so scared. Mm 
But then the second I hit that floor, the passion and the familiarity and the ability to empathize with other people and caregivers who are visiting their, the patient who was usually the dementia patient, it all came out and I just fell in love and all those fears went away. And I realized over the next seven years, like this is what I'm meant to do. And it gave me so much joy and excitement to work with them regardless of the situation. And yeah, it, it was really during the pandemic. And when that hit, I was on mat leave with my second child and I was seeing, speaking to my colleagues in the hospital and seeing that their caregivers could not even enter the hospital to see their loved ones. And they were disasters. And my colleagues would call me and say like, this is a mess. We're calling them. They can't even see their loved one. We're video chatting. And I thought to myself, if there was ever a time when a mental health support service was needed for caregivers, it's now. And I don't think I can wait anymore to to do this. We're just going to do it. I don't know what it was. I just woke up one morning and said, this has to happen now. And that's when I did it. And it's evolved from there. And now we have a whole company and it's now it is what it is. Yeah. I love that. And, um, you know, that kind of brings me to compassion and caregiving, um, which really kind of manifested itself out of the work that you've done, your expertise and your experience, but wanting to take it like probably to like the broader masses of caregivers, like not just caregivers that you were working with, like in a hospital setting, but seeing that you could have a greater impact on like the larger caregiver community. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about compassion and caregiving. I know that it's largely focused on helping caregivers with their mental health, but also focused Mm -hmm. on helping them with self-care, helping them with boundaries, like all the things that caregivers are told that they need to work on, but might not know how to, might not feel like they have the time and energy to, or the resource resources to. So I'd love to hear how compassion and caregiving helps caregivers with that. Cause I feel like that could be so valuable to so many caregivers that are listening. Yes. So compassion and caregiving, it aims to fill a gap and a void that I always saw when I was a caregiver, which is specialized care that is made and tailored just for that person. It's not, you know, a large group for 20 different people who are on completely different wavelengths and caring for completely different people who that, and that made me feel more isolated in the end or seeking support from a therapist who didn't understand my situation in any way, shape or form. I wanted to change that narrative. Mm -hmm. And so it offers in Ontario, one-on-one psychotherapy to caregivers, which as you said, I can understand caregivers. I've been there, but I've also worked with all sorts of caregivers for many years. Mm -hmm. So I offer my, my expertise in that, but I'm also helping caregivers figure out how to get themselves from a place of extreme burnout or extreme grief or extreme hardship and shock to a place where maybe they can find some balance or figure out some techniques to ground themselves or get themselves through the day and find joy again. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of what I do. And then outside of Ontario, I've created a group support program that anyone can join. Most of our 
people are from the United States actually. And uh, they'll come together. I try to bring like minded caregivers together because I want it to be a group where people can relate as much as possible. And we have a six week online on demand program where they go through a kind of a webinar each week. We meet every single week as a group. And this time around we have guest speakers coming. It's, it's a really nice experience. Mm -hmm. And then I have the podcast, which as you also have the podcast. (laughs) So I have a podcast for caregivers And then I offer resources on my social media platforms and I, I try to offer something for everybody because, you know, not everyone can pay for the services and I still want them to be included. And then if people are really interested in, in joining, I try to provide something for them as well. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's so smart. And I love just obviously given your background that you, you offer kind of like a wide range of services for caregivers, but I, but a huge component component is the mental health aspect. And I think that is so extremely important. I mean, I know when I was going through my care journey, I wish I would have sought out like mental health services. Like I never did because I think again, it's kind of goes back to, I can handle it. I can handle it. Like I don't need someone else to help me with my mental health, even though I'm on the bathroom floor crying, like thinking that there's nothing that my life is going to become like being in the darkest of dark places. It's just like, well, where am I going to find the time to get this mental health support? And, you know, where am I going to find the resources? So I just love that you're really trying to bring caregiver mental health to the forefront because I feel like so many caregivers, especially young caregivers, caregivers just don't even know where to go or how to deal with it. I mean, I would be so curious to know from you, like what are just some like little pieces of advice or golden nuggets? Like when it comes to a caregiver's mental health, like what are some just small, maybe actionable tips that you might be able to provide that caregivers can kind of focus on, on a daily basis that maybe aren't as extreme as like seeing a psychotherapist or joining like a group coaching program for support, but just small things that they can keep at the top of their mind every single day to help support their mental health. A lot of caregivers will say to me, you know, I have absolutely no ability to care for me. And between everything that I'm doing, whether that's working and taking care of children and taking care of a parent or whatever, I don't have the time. But my argument is that if you don't take care of you, you are going to just fall on the floor. Like there's, it's impossible to keep going like that ongoing. And I've seen it time and time again. Mm -hmm. So something I will always recommend to someone as a first step is to schedule something in your calendar. That's even 10 minutes to start and make sure it's there because if it's not there, you're not going to do it. So, you know, let's say every day you have a lunch break at work and you're not really taking that lunch break. It's putting it in your calendar, making the alarm go off, seeing that putting your phone to the side and saying for the next 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. I'm eating my lunch or for the next 10 minutes, I'm going for a walk. For the next 10 minutes, I'm doing something that isn't distracting because then you're actually present and processing the care for yourself and you're actually engaged in it Mm -hmm. because you can easily say, well, I sit at night and I scroll my phone on the toilet. 
right? You're not really engaged and present there. You're like, I don't know, in some alternative universe and that's not really going to help. Sure. It's, it's something nice to do, but being present in that really helps because you can say, wow, I really did take care of myself. And then from 10 minutes, we'll, we'll amp that up, you know, to half an hour, but yeah, start scheduling something for 10 minutes a day. And it's not negotiable, just like it's not negotiable to care for other people in your life. It's not negotiable to care for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I truly believe that everybody, you can find 10 minutes, right? Like even if it's waking up, I mean, you're a mom of three. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure you figured out how to find 10 minutes just to be able to have some of that time for yourself. Like whether it's waking up a little bit earlier than you know that your carry is going to wake up if you live with them and care for them 24 seven, or if it's like taking that little break, like during their nap or after they go to bed. But I think that that's so smart. Like I know for me, just even taking 10 minutes just to kind of get outside and take a walk and just try to clear my head. And whether I listen to like a podcast or music or listen to nothing at all, it just really helps like rejuvenate, like the mind, body, and soul, even that short amount of time. So I, I think to your point, it's like, what is that saying? If you can't, if you don't care for yourself, you can't care for someone else, or there's yeah. something to the yeah, effect of that's that. What it it's is. so true because you will, you will a hundred percent burnout. I know so many young caregivers that are listening to this podcast have been at the burnout point who are at the burnout point, maybe who have gotten past the burnout point because they finally recognize that they need to help themselves and they need to focus not only on their carry, but also put as much focus on caring for themselves to ensure that their caregiving journey is going to be sustainable. Um, Stephanie, I think another thing I would love to hear your perspective on as a sandwich caregiver is, um, you know, what is your experience with that? And also, you know, kind of speaking to the difficulties. I mean, you're a young caregiver, you know, you cared for your grandmother, like your mom, Um, I know there's difficulties, which a lot of the listeners can relate to as a young caregiver in terms of finding support and resources. I'd love to hear kind of your perspective, having gone through all of this, like, like, what do you think of all of that? And what do you think that we can do to get better at supporting like the younger generation of sandwich caregivers? Cause you're a sandwich caregiver and you're, you're still, you're young, um, out there. And there's so many, whether it's a sandwich caregiver a millennial caregiver, um, you know, what are your thoughts with regard to that? Cause I know that's a huge pain point for so many young caregivers. It's really hard. Um, and it's really hard, especially transitioning into having a child either as a caregiver, existing caregiver or yeah. already having children. And then suddenly you're becoming a caregiver. The balance there in figuring out how to care for both is crazy. And it took me a while to figure it out. But for me, it was all about boundaries and maintaining communication about what I can and can't do. Mm -hmm. But I have the experience there. So I was able to establish that based off my knowledge. I think you're right. The resources for sandwich generation caregivers in terms of balancing everything is very limited. I'd like to say that, you know, I, I know so many different resources for people. But the truth is that I don't. And 
honestly, that's why I started this. Yeah. And you can, you know, there's things you can Google. I think there's more things coming up in the Instagram space, but frankly, I don't know of anybody really except for us that does that. And so, you know, I'm not trying to plug myself. I'm just saying that, but if you're looking for support and you need help, you can always feel free to, to look us up or send me a message. Um, check out our podcast. We have a lot of different topics, but I'm really hoping that over time governments recognize that there is a need for this because there's such a huge population of people caring for others and the aging population is only getting older and the baby boom generation is so large that it's bound to happen that there's going to be so many millennial caregivers, so many sandwich generation caregivers, if not already. And people are having children at older ages because things aren't attainable. You have to stabilize your life. You have to find a partner. Like things are just very different now. So I'm hoping that our community and our governments recognize it. But for now, Mm -hmm. I I don't see it. I've looked, I don't see it. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I haven't, I mean, you know, not to plug myself either, but I mean, I, I feel like myself, I mean, there are other caregiver, young caregivers who have taken their journey and turned it into purpose, but I feel, I agree with you. And, you know, there are millions of young caregivers, like millions of millennial caregivers, millions of sandwich generation caregivers out there. And it's like, where else is the support going to come from? So I know that's why I started this podcast in my platform. I know that's why you started compassion and caregiving. So to Stephanie's point, like if you are a sandwich generation caregiver or just a young caregiver who is looking for more support in the type of space that she provided, please, Stephanie, like let the listeners know, like, how can they find you? You know, where can they learn more about compassion and caregiving? Because I want to ensure that these resources that you offer are available to everybody listening. Of course, I'll include links in the show notes, but would love for you to share with everybody where they can get in touch with you. Sure. And I just want to say if it's outside of mental health, your Facebook group is the place to be like you touch on everything. Mm -hmm. I'm only mental health specific, really. So for everything, your Facebook group is fantastic. I just want to say that because I've seen it. I'm, I'm in the group. Yeah. Um, but for mental health specific, mm-hmm. you can find me at Compassion and Caregiving on Instagram, uh, www.compassionandcaregiving.com. I have a Facebook group. It's not as active anymore, but I do have many previously recorded resources in there that you can take a look at that are previously done and exclusive just on the group. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can find me there and that's you'll find everything about me there. Yeah. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much. Um, This is my first conversation more as it pertains to mental health and caregivers. And I just love from like one young caregiver to another. And I'm sure like a lot of my listeners will feel the same way that working with you, should they choose to um, on their mental health journey, it's like you are not just an expert in your field, but you've been there, you are there, like you can totally empathize. And to me, that's something so special that a lot of people can't always find. Like you are a young caregiver who can also support young caregivers in this mental health space. So please, if you are 
in a space where you've been thinking about getting mental health as it relates to supporting you as a caregiver, please reach out to Stephanie. Um, she's amazing. She's the most chill, laid back person I've ever met. And I've loved enjoying getting to know her. And I don't doubt that you would too. So Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I look forward to connecting in the future. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Young Life Interrupted. Be sure to subscribe to the show. And while you are there, leave a rating and review. I read each and every one and love hearing from you. And if you're ready to connect with your tribe of fellow young caregivers who can do for you what friends and family just can't and fully get what you're going through, come join us over in the Young Life Interrupted group on Facebook. See you here again next week. Until then, keep finding those silver linings and celebrate the small wins.